become like this. Uh, I just drink crappy beer. I I appreciate good beer. Don't get me wrong. We can get into it if you want, but on the, when we're when we're on the podcast. But uh, no, I just I, I think if you're drinking a lot of beers, which is yeah. usually the case, that, that those ones are the, the quality ones are you want to save those for actually enjoy. Union Gold. Hey guys, Stupid Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly. It is episode 126 and we have possibly our biggest episode yet. This is probably our tallest because when we first met this guy, I couldn't believe how tall he was. Yeah. One of the tallest people in the world, I think. Uh, we have with us a former villain of a wildcat, not named Doopy Dad. Our dad went there too. A former Chivas USA alumni and current finalist for the 2022 MLS Coach of the Year, Mr. Jim Curtin. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, that was a really nice uh, intro. And uh, AJ and Luke, it's uh, long overdue. Thanks for having me on. It definitely is. And we appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely. So, uh, Jim, James, Timothy, <laughs> do you mind if we call you Jim? Jim is good. Yeah, my closest friends still call me Jimmy or uh, JC, but yeah, you can go any way you want. I don't get James much, but I I do like James. (laughs) All right. Um, So congrats making the playoffs, winning the Eastern Conference, yada, yada, all that crap. Now we're in the playoffs. How how have things kind of changed for you guys as far as your training session, coaching prep, film? Yeah, look, um, expectations at the club have have risen. So, you know, I don't want to say we're just – expected to get in the playoffs now but we're kind of expected to get in the playoffs now so we're here and uh i think we have a little unfinished business from last year i think the players uh you know that were here last year have a chip on their shoulder and and you know bad taste in their mouth from how that ended against new york city um you know and and now we have uh, also some new players that um have stepped into the team and done a great job but uh you know, it is unique when you have a bye. Um, you know, this is a situation where we, we've dealt with it once and it didn't go so well in the New England Supporter Shield year. Um, but I think we learned from that. Uh, I think that this year now, first of all, it's a much shorter layoff. That was almost three weeks, which is brutal. This will wind up being about 10 days, which is actually quite all right. It's not too bad and the guys are in a good rhythm. So you're keeping your fit guys fit. Um, you're you're keeping that the bottom of the roster, making sure they still feel a part of it because Trust me, guys, how they train all season really dictates how the starters perform. And that's a hard thing for young pros to understand, but it's so, so important to a team with a real culture and really pushing each other. Um, So we'll actually approach it. I haven't said this publicly. We'll have uh, first half of tomorrow's game. We'll have an inter-squad game, and we'll have the reserves set up um, for the first half like Red Bull, which is helter-skelter, high press, chaotic, and then we'll have that be the first, you know, 25, 30-minute period. And then we'll also – have the second period be how Cincy sets up with a back three with that, you know, we'll have uh, probably Paxton be Lucho Acosta, you know, you can picture Corey Burke as their, their Vasquez and, and try to replicate it as best as we can um, and prepare the guys. I think we know both teams really well. Um, also, we know it, you know, as, as you know, 
players and also coaching staff. We know each other about as well as you can at this stage. Um, we've had success over Red Bull the past three years. It's been three years since they beat us, so that's a, a good success. Um, some might say they're due to beat us, so that's also scary, and we got to guard against that. So uh, it's going to be a really tough game either way, and uh, we're prepared for both. But, yeah, the film stays kind of the same. You want to keep it – you want to – you, you, you understand they know it's more important now at this stage of the year, so you don't want to give them all of a sudden, if, I, if I'm running four more film sessions and then we're doing different things at training, it might trigger something in their brain that, um, oh my gosh, it might make them nervous or, or, or panic. You want to kind of keep it, keep it going because as a coach, when they're playing as good as they have this year, you just want to stay the hell out of their way, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you've done a good job of doing that. They're <laughs> moving, man. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned... You mentioned the chip from uh, last year. Just yeah. real quick, has that been something that has been talked about a lot in the locker room? Was that something you talked about at the beginning of the season? Like guys like Bedoya, did they talk up about that? Yeah, look, I think people think that we just get over that and forget about it. And, you know, the cliche thing is to say, well, we moved on from it. But I'll remember that for the rest of my life, you know. And I, I feel bad for the guys that I'll never forget the day literally sitting in my office and I could hear – Jacob scream at the top of his lungs because once you got tested and you were positive, you had to leave. So you literally heard the visual of it was a Viking scream from Jacob, <laughs> you know, and I heard it and I went, uh-oh, there's one. And then you heard another one. Then you, heard, you lost Ollie and it was just this nonstop dropping uh, of players. And, and we actually still had a group, you know, I think at this stage now on that day before the game is when we found this out. If you can picture how crazy this is as a team, we go out to the field we literally had maybe 13 guys, so you can't even do any 11 v 11 prep. This is day before the game. Your whole rhythm screwed up. Yeah. But I remember we still had Andre, and we still had uh, we still had I think Jack Elliott at the time. Um, and we were like, okay, I actually think we can still win, you know. And I, it still felt good. And and then tra training end, they got tested again. <laughs> they both failed. So then you're going, Jesus, God, all right, now it's getting. Uh, what was, was certainly going to be challenging has become almost impossible. And to the guys' credit, though, they all stepped on the field and put on a, a pretty good performance. Um, we're close, and it, it still hurts. But no, to the long-winded way of saying none of the guys have forgot. Um, they're mad about it. And you never know how many opportunities you get in your career um, to play in those types of games. So that's the reminder for the guys to um, enjoy the playoffs for sure. Enjoy it, and let's let's make a run and have fun and, and entertain the fans. But um, let's also respect that you, you – you never know how many times you get back here. I think our young players think this is just what happened. At the end of the year, you go to the playoffs, you go on a run. It's really fun. Um, but I know great players in this league that, that never played in a playoff game, that never yeah. won a playoff game. So um, you really have to cherish these times. Yeah, of course. With Obviously, it's Cincy or, or, or Red Bulls. How are you going to watch the game this weekend? Is there like a... I don't know, like a watch party with the other coaches and players, or is everyone just kind of on their own and you, and you, and you meet up later? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, look, we'll we'll actually be training uh, on the day. Uh, so we train Saturday. I gave the guys off Sunday, and then our our normal weekly build is a four-day build into a game that's what they're just most comfortable with it's the creatures they have it too so anything that changes they they tend to tweak out a little bit so we'll stay on that same rhythm um so we'll be training we can then watch it at the facility um we'll obviously have eyes on the game we'll, we'll send we still send our scouts there live because because there's a different feeling live in the stadium and maybe you can you can pick up something that comes from their coaches on the sidelines um that you maybe don't see on the broadcast um uh, so that'll be good. We get the all 22 cam as well. So we'll, 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 
We'll be prepared for sure. Um, you know, yeah, we'll probably have a couple beers after training and, and watch the game and, you know, um, see what happens. I expect a really tough game. You know, everyone thinks it's going to be this 5-4 crazy, you know, too high-powered, you know, uh, offenses. But that sometimes what you think is going to happen in the playoffs and what actually happens are completely opposite. So I could see like a 0-0 penalty kicks, ugly, you know, fights. So who knows? We'll, we'll see. That's the beauty of the playoffs. I will say, if, if I'm just going to give commentary on the game, 12 o'clock kickoffs are, whew, that is not easy. It's not easy to get up for. It, it favors the road team in a big way because the atmosphere in the stadium just can't be the same. You know, you're drinking mimosas instead of, you know, a long day of tailgating. You know yeah, what I, right. I mean? So it's just different. It's different for the players, too. It doesn't feel right, you know, before a game to be eating, like, breakfast. You know, it feels different. So, um that's an interesting one to look out. Sometimes the time of the game really affects uh, the atmosphere and the, the performances. Interesting. And so speaking to you and your game day preparation, Yeah. Uh, what's that kind of like for you? I mean, you know, you got family and all, and then, right. yeah. Yeah, I, uh, game days, everyone thinks game days are like the busiest day for a coach. It's honestly like the work has already been done. The guys are prepared as they be- as best as they possibly can. Um, at that stage, it's it's. I don't want to say it's completely out of your hands, but you're not going to influence too much when I wake up in the morning. So don't get me wrong. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I hate game days because it's just it's like a hurry up and wait all day. And you're on the road. You're in hotels forever. It's just so boring. Um, the best thing, honestly, is I, co- I co- used to coach my son's baseball team. I coached soccer. I use soccer teams and go into their games watching them now. Um, I, I recently stopped coaching baseball, thank God. Um, but uh, but uh, no, that, that, that's usually how I used to spend my you know Saturday mornings leading into a game day. So you'd see me on the field, and sometimes people would be like, don't you have a game? And you'd be like, yeah. Or, or you, know, you, you, you spend time with the family and try to pass the hours and, and – uh, yeah, I get to the stadium early. I do get there for a, you know, a seven o'clock game. I'm in there around one o'clock, two o'clock. So usually I'm around with in the mornings. And then if the kids have a game that maybe ends around one or two, I'll be there at, at that stage and then take off to the stadium. That's gotcha. it. Cool. So in like uh, leading up to the game, in like your pre games, we've seen clips of your speeches. Is that something that you you plan out? Do you have like a, a like kind of bullets of what you want to get get across the team before you head out to the field, or is it is it kind of just winging it? Yeah, look at, at this stage, each game's different, so there's always a couple different points and tendencies from the other team and opponents. We want to certain players we want to take away that are the key factors. Um, so again, you guys could probably recite them at this stage you've heard enough of them right so um, I get embarrassed when I hear them play back um, you know and some games need a little bit more uh, in terms of getting the guys up for it usually that's on the road where the at home they're they're ready you know yeah. what I mean I, I know that they're going to be fired up and ready to go but sometimes on the road where it's harder uh, um, they need to recognize if you're not ready in these first 15 minutes it's going to be a long day so Yes, to your answer your point, in those speeches, you know, I had coaches that some would talk for way too long at the beginning of them. Some you could tell were nervous themselves. So you try to keep it really short. I, I usually have uh, just a, a – so for the first comment will be a, a big picture idea for the, the, the day and for the week, that the theme that I've been talking about all week. So that's just a reiteration of what I think is most important. I'll talk about the other teams strengths and and who those people are so for this last one it was something along the lines of get around Michael Bradley you know make him play square and backwards with Bernard Deshi you know we need two guys around him because he's always going to cut to his left to make sure it's always going to help and then that kind of thing and then I'll remind them the things that we do good and where we want to create overloads Um, that is most simple guys look we (laughs) 
we take pride in keeping it simple with our guys and you can probably tell from who we target we basically target who we think is the worst player on the other team and we are relentless at going after that guy over and over and it's cruel and it's mean but this is pro sports and that's the way it is so uh, when people ask like game plan and tactics and this and that it's like eh we identify who the worst player on their team is, and that is where we go the, the entirety of the 90 minutes. And then conversely, we try to cover our weaknesses as best we can. Um, so, you know, you remind them that, you give them a little bit of, uh, you know, get the first tackle, the, the first foul, you know, the first goal kind of thing. And, and the guys are usually up for it. Then Andre or, or Ali speaks after that, and um, we're ready to go. So it's uh, it's intense. I wish people could feel it. You know, that's the one thing I wish you could bottle up and feel the the energy of being in there, walking out of the tunnel club and then coming out the tunnel and hearing the little things triggered, like the, the the metal spikes on the concrete. When you hear that, it still triggers something in my brain, which is going to sound insane to the people that are listening to this, but it is like a, it's a high, you know, that yeah. you get when you hear that. And it really makes you realize something, something fun is going to happen here and it's going to be a, a good day. So a little different than our Sunday Sunday league game. Well, you guys thought the same things. You guys played at a high level. I saw you guys in fantasy camp. You guys could play. You guys can both play a little bit. You know, compared to well, compared to the other group guys that were there, you guys were the best eleven for sure. So well, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's that's gonna we make our it. year. We got it. That was it. That was all we needed. I'll, I'll go. I'll go higher than best eleven because there wasn't a ton. There was what was there like thirty people probably something guys, like that. You were top. You were easily top five. Okay. Okay. Oh, Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, well, that's all I was fishing for. You know. (laughs) Um, kind of speaking of looking at uh the other team's worst players and going after them. Um, and Luke, I know that's probably hard to hear because you're (laughs) sorry. Um, but a lot of times we notice your subs are at least the first sub seems to be in that sixty to seventy minute range, and usually it's it's a striker. Is that something that you guys see as? a spot where we've been attacking let's just get fresh legs to keep attacking is that something that uh sports science has kind of kind of uh said is the best spot to always sub yeah i think it's a little a little bit of a, a couple things i think number one we demand a lot of our strikers in, in pressing and running and and they really do do cover a ton of ground you know they're in the top in the league in terms of how much they run so keeping them fresh is important it's also you know the the strength of our, our depth is I don't think there's a huge drop-off when Corey comes in, and he's a great change-of-pace guy. Um, he's been a double-digit goal scorer in the league, so he, he could start on a lot of teams. So that part of it is personnel as well. Look, I know I, I wanted – when the season started, I wanted to get Paxton a ton more minutes than we have, but I couldn't predict that Daniel was going to do what he's done. You know, in, in certain moments, it's not on Paxton. It's just you can't take this guy off the field um, at all. And if I did it, I'd be sending – a terrible message to the rest of the group. So um, the good thing is uh, with our sports performance staff, um, you know, barring the little hiccup that Ollie's had right now, we, for the most part, stay healthy. And, and I can't stress enough. You guys know, you talk about knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses. This 11 plays together all the time. And, and they know, you know, where you give a ball to Leon versus where you give a ball to, to Mbizo or where you give a ball to Kai Wagner. And, and, you know, who are the guys that like it in tight spaces and who are the guys that want to run in behind. So they know each other so well because they're on the field and they're healthy and I don't change a ton, you know. Um, you guys, I get criticized for not rotating enough, but it's like – Okay, you know, we can change, but I, I, it's been proven in the league. If you change and don't have a chemistry and cohesion with your group, you get beat in this league. You know, we're not 
a league yet where the 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 bench is paid enough money to the, the to not have a drop off and and young players are going to make mistakes and we certainly give young players a chance but it's in in the right moment where they're surrounded by a, a pretty strong core so you saw McGlynn in the recent games play really well in some and in some he struggled but um you know I, I thought in his last game against Toronto he was excellent so you know because he has good pieces around him that are helping him through it you know so and he's playing a little bit out of position as well so again strengths and weaknesses finding them and, and the importance of these guys staying on the field leads to why maybe we don't sub as much as other teams um but we do win too so that that's kind of the name of the game <laughs> um and i look I, i'm honest as an old defender I don't believe in changing the back line, especially when it's it got a clean sheet. I don't like changing defenders. Um, that's your backbone. That's your core. It's just a hard position to sub into, especially when you're losing or sorry, sorry, when you're winning. You know, only bad things can happen. You know, and it's it, you're not up to the pace of the game. If you're not up to the pace of the game as a striker, you can get ten. You can have you can have five mistakes in a row, um, and nobody really notices it if you score at the in the 90th minute. You know what I mean? So right. as a, as an outside back and you come in cold and you make one mistake you're the you're the goat so um yeah we do tend to sub our attacking pieces a little bit earlier a little bit quicker um and i'm just lucky though that i have guys that can handle a full 34 game season and play you know like kai wagner for every minute you know Mm -hmm. literally except when he gets suspended and then the point is though too like this group is so so into it and engaged i'll use matt real as an example like he didn't want to let anybody down that's a hard position. He didn't start a game this year at left back, you know, for us. And for him to come in and do a job against a, a world-class player in Bernardeschi and and kind of, you know, keep him quiet for the most part on the day, you know, speaks to how good of a left back he is. That's not easy to do. And that's had a great season, but I just haven't gotten him on the field enough because Kai's the the best left back in the league. So it's 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 tough as a manager, man. I live in, I live with all the same things you guys see and think about. Um, but I have to make decisions, and, and 11 guys are going to be happy, and the others are going to be pissed for, for a little bit. But to their credit, man, they stay motivated, and they really do anything to help the team. Yeah. That's awesome. So sticking with the team, but kind of in a different direction, uh, you, you guys from all over the world, different languages, and you, you kind of mentioned keeping it simple. How Does that like go into how you try to translate your tactics and your message to, to those guys? Is keeping it simple part of like getting that message across easily or or how do you manage uh like getting getting your message across to those guys like that yeah luke, luke to your point like we have 14 different countries represented you know aged 17 through 35 i think Bedoy is the oldest and and look they're they're coming from you know different ideas in soccer but also different ideas culturally so you have to be able to relate to them you have to be able to get to know them they all have my cell phone you want to be open and have them have the confidence to come and speak to you or another coach when things are going good um, things they can do better when things aren't aren't going so well so yes in, in terms of messaging we have a, a, a vocabulary that I probably say things so much that in my own brain it drives me crazy God, I can only imagine how sick of hearing it they are but the coolest thing about that is in, in any culture or work environment, when you start to hear them say the same things or or when I'm just like listening and I hear them talk in the same language that I have, I, I really I kind of go, oh, sh- oh, shoot. I don't know if I can curse on this. Oh, shoot. They uh, they uh, are they are listening to what we're saying and, and they really are talking about and implementing it. It could be something as simple as, you know, any negative pass. We want to we want to steal five yards or any straight ball. That's a cue for us to press. We have very simple uh, ideas 
you know, 35 yards always from from Jacob to to Ure up top. We never want to be more than 35 yards. And they all know these things now. The recovery sprints. We talk about the red zone, the assist zone. All these little details come up. And uh, uh, I know I just said a lot of different things, but they hear them so much. They're kind of they're clear and they're they're simple and um, they know what they mean, which is the most important thing. That's awesome. That's great. We're gonna transition a little bit. That was that was all the tough stuff. Well, now <laughs> you guys are making it know. easy. That's good. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe the tough stuff is actually just starting. I thought I was, um, the first one was going to be how the hell did Gazdag not get an MVP finalist? But that's a whole god. I, mean, I know you're on our side of that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I thought he's going to finish. He deserved to finish. At, at, at worst, I'm thinking he's going to finish second. Probably. Right. Sorry if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a shame. It shows that still. Look, this happens in sports where there's guys that get snubbed, and sometimes it, you don't get rewarded till you have three great years in the league for whatever reason. But this is an incredible season that yeah. I think uh, was was a big mistake to not have him in the uh, in the finalists at least, you know, if not yeah. the guy, you know. So it it, it hurts. Uh, I think Daniel will use it as motivation, and it's it's tough right now. But um, yeah, man, I, I just think sometimes I, I wonder. It's not just the media voting, you know, it's it's also right. coaches, it's GMs, and it's also players. And maybe it's clear that a lot of people don't watch. They just don't watch the games. It's the simplest way to put it. When that's if you don't watch, you shouldn't vote. That's that's maybe the nicest way I'll put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the guys that, that made that finals list ahead of him were, were questionable. So yeah, yes, it, it was odd. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Do you think he regrets giving up a couple PKs? He gave up a couple That's of the things. Right? Such a humble, yeah. nice kid, man. And, right. and uh, he did. He did give Julian one to get himself going when he needed a goal. So, you know, look, it is a full season. And, and the other annoying thing is some people voted for that before the last game of the year, which is also right. dumb. Right. He, uh, he scores a hat trick. Right. You know, like that should that should count. You know. Yeah. So, you know, all these different things. Um, they try to get it right. And look, for the most part, I thought a lot of the the voting turned out pretty close to what I'd agree with in the, in the other awards. Uh, but that MVP one was was way off, um, and, and that's a shame for, for Daniel. But, yeah, yeah, I agree. He's so humble and quiet, and maybe we don't – I don't – I try to promote him for the MVP, and I, I, mm-hmm. I think he could maybe – because he's so quiet and humble doesn't promote himself enough you know but i think the real people know how good he is and, and how valuable he is to our team for sure absolutely absolutely all right no all right. now now let's get to the tough ones let's right. <laughs> so we know you're philly philly born and bred but let's say a big european coaching offer came who would you have to make the harder sell to your wife or your kids oh man Look, so yeah, my family comes first always. Um, look, soccer is great, and it's been awesome to me, and I've, I've never worked a real job in my life because I've been a player and then uh, a coach. Um, but, yeah, I, I do aspire to you know, to coach at the highest level just like any, any player does. Um, and, you know, right now the, the highest level, I agree, is in Europe for sure and in, in, in soccer. Um, I think that's undeniable. But I have to say, man, like I'll put MLS – facilities talent pool now um you know the players the compensation the the staffing that you get the support you get it's growing in a way that um it already is stronger than a lot of leagues over in europe and i i don't want to piss off the euro snobs on this but (laughs) name and name individual leagues and individual quality but 
I'll just say when you look at the stadiums, the facilities, the attendance, the TV production, where it's going also, I'm telling you, these jobs are going to be coveted really, really soon. So, um, yes, I agree. Like, of course, if a top level team in a top five league came and asked and I'd be flattered and humbled, I would have to consider it. But this idea that, you know, every American coach should just run at the chance to go coach in the, the second division in Sweden. Like it's not as glorious over there as you, as you think. And, and, and we have a pretty darn good thing we have in our league um, and our facilities and all the things. And I'm not knocking leagues. I'm just saying um, it's really growing here. And uh, shoot, look at the quality of coaches that are coming here too. You know, you have Patrick Vieira and Marsh and um, you know, Hinse didn't work out, but still like a legend in the game, you know, Frank DeBoer also, um, you have all the top American Bruce Arena guys that have had success everywhere so there's people that are big-time coaches that want to coach in this league now Tata Martino so you know it's a it's a great league it's growing um, so a long-winded way of saying I, I want to be in Philly like this is where I want to be and I want to win um, if ever there was an opportunity to, to coach the US at some stage in my life um, I'd love to do that but I do also think time-wise um, it'd be pretty selfish of me to pick my family up while my kids are in an important age, you know, where they're they're young. My daughter just started high school to be the family that's just moving and, and a mercenary and chasing it all over the world is a little selfish too. So you have to have that that perspective and put family first. So at some time I think that will be a goal of mine, but right now my focus is fully here in Philly and, and, and getting a trophy. Good man. That's good. good yeah. Man. How has like your I don't know, rise as a as a head coach and someone who's a who's a very successful head coach it impacted your family like what would your kids think of that like do they think it's really cool do they still think of your you know you're still your your dad like it, that's, that's all it is to yeah. them but how, so, how do they see that they're they they love it and, and obviously they have so much fun at the games um i can tell some stories though early the early days you know my my little guy my son was probably seven or eight years old in the stadium you know and they're, they're doing the announcing announcements ali bedoya captain and everyone goes crazy and they go jim Curtin, and and you know you hear 12 15,000 people boo and he's kind of <laughs> clapping and my wife says like my wife said he went from like like, Mom, are, are all the fans in, in the stadium, are they for the other team now? <laughs> and she was, like, explaining, like, no, Dad's getting booed. He's like, this is how sports are. That, that hurts. That That is, like, sure. a, an ego check, and it's something that it, it really um, it humbles you, and it hurts, and you, you want to, you know, if you feel embarrassed, you feel bad for your son, and you, you try to explain to them. So that, that kind of stuff is real. It happens in pro sports. Um, but that's what makes the, the rise that much um, that, that much sweeter. So we put a lot of work into it. Um, my kids love coming to the games. It's really fun for them. They know all the players, obviously. They come out to training every once in a while and hang with the guys. Um, but, yeah, I don't take it for granted every day because you see how quickly it can change in this game. And, you know, I've had good close friends get fired. This year I've had good close friends, you know, be on the highs, highest of highs and then instantly, you know, humbled. Um, so I'm grateful for how long I've had to – been able to be here and uh look you know jay sugarman our ownership they don't like to be in the spotlight in the limelight but you know they did do this thing differently and they did stick to a plan i have to give them a ton of credit for for that and uh i think we're all starting to see the the benefits of that and the consistency now that we've had and good young players that are, are playing great for us and uh it's been really fun to watch and be part of the rise uh, of that and i've i have to say guys i have the, i have the best staff early on too in the early days you know it was myself and two or three people whereas now i look out on the field it's me and 
I have a, a staff of 15, 20 people that are doing incredible work and it makes my job so easy. Um, like I said, I just have to come show up and get a couple good messages, quick messages across and they do all the scouting, the deep, the data, you know, where early on that wasn't the case. Um, we've just evolved so much as a club and, uh, yeah, exciting things coming too with the new facility that's coming, uh, the movement of the school there. It's, it's incredible what's happening. So big investments are being made at this club. Um, they just might not be the ones where that turn heads when you, it's Chicharito or, or David Beckham, you know, it's, it's, it's behind the scenes. And I think, um, I think we're doing it a unique way and it's a way that I think we can all be proud of. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. The city's definitely proud. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Another, uh, family question. Then we'll hit you with some quick little, uh, goofy ones. Yeah. Um, growing up, you're not the only soccer, uh, pro from your family, Jeff. Yeah. You and Jeff in your prime versus Brendan and Paxton. Who's winning? Oh, our legs. Our legs are too long to deal with those two. Um, <laughs> so my brother was, for those who don't know, my brother was a, a very good defender. Um, went to Georgetown, was drafted by Chicago, um, played the same position as me, which was a little awkward as well. I was kind of a, an all-star, a former all-star towards the coming towards the end while he was drafted and, you know, kind of rising and eventually did – um, start a few games over me, but just had so many injuries with his groin that he had to retire early. So really good young defender. Uh, my brother was a much better athlete than I was, so more uh, explosive, better jumper, better in the air, quicker. Um, I was maybe meaner, which I guess I, that's just an older brother thing. Um, <laughs> but he was also you know, great basketball player. I played a little hoops too, but he was really, really good. Like I'm saying college level good basketball. Um, his his high school basketball team they played against like LeBron they were they were legit they traveled the country they were they were real I think four of the other kids were starter D1 basketball players at like Duke Vanderbilt Delaware like real real basketball um Mm -hmm. University of Florida also so um sorry long-winded way of saying the Aronsons would kill us I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) now they're they're just different types of players so you know they're quick and low to the ground and shifty where we would just probably just kill them you know kick them foul them and (laughs) Uh, we'd kill them in basketball they'd probably beat us in soccer <laughs> oh, there you go there you go nice, we'll nice. give you guys a split <laughs> all right jim um we have a lot of young and not so young listeners who are interested in the game so if you had any advice what would you tell our listeners is the best way to get into the sneaker game sneaker game oh nice. <laughs> yeah sneaker that's game that's like the best advice to be a pro <laughs> no that's a, not, that's not a from us direction. i get questions move. like i'll be at my my son's game and it'll be it'll be like a little five and six year old kids game going on and some adult will come up to me and say what does he need to do for a college scholarship i'm like your kid just crapped his pants like relax it's gonna be fine you know t- <laughs> just let him have fun enjoy the game um yeah so but the sneaker <laughs> part is that's an easy that's an easy one okay um <laughs> I think, well, first of all, it's, it's almost becoming too popular now. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous in that. It's like I'm not the only 40-year-old anymore that, that wears like Dunks and, and Jordan 1s. They're kind of everywhere. So I'm wondering if it's going to like everything cyclical. So is it what's it going to go to next? I don't know. Um, but sneakers are, you know, I think it's something that is, is a cool way to just express yourself a little bit, you know. I'll notice anyone at a party, as an example, that you could wear you could wear a 
ten dollar t-shirt, a pair of jeans, but if you have a nice pair of sneakers on, I'm like, oh, that that person's cool. That person actually <laughs> has an idea of style and and cares. Um, so I noticed that. That's the first thing I look at is a person's shoes all the time. No pressure, guys. Next time I see you, but um, noted. It's something that I'm into. I am not though. Like there is a level. There's levels, right? There's yeah. there's there's the kids that I see down the street here on on South Street that are literally sleeping sleeping at night for the new Jordan release or the Yeezy or whatever it might be, and they'll sleep on the street and and there's lines out the door. So I'm not that far. Um, Nike takes care of me and sends them before right. they come out anyway. So that's nice. There you go. Um, there you go. But yeah, that, the the best way to get into it is uh, yeah. The, Maybe become a pro athlete so you get it for free. <laughs> Easy enough. There you go. Easy enough. All right. Easy as that, guys. I don't have good advice on that. I wish I did. It's an expensive, bad habit. So right. I don't want to. I don't want to have all the parents coming at me and uh, telling me to, that I cost them thousands and thousands of dollars. So um, yeah, it's a tough, tough habit. But it's a fun thing. It's I don't. I don't like I said. I don't hunt or fish or have any big hobbies that way. But sneakers uh, excite me and I, I like to collect them and it drives my wife insane because they're. <laughs> All over the house. <laughs> did you have to get some new sneakers for the playoff run, or do you have like that prepared? So I just got a pair gifted to me. You can, yeah. This is, I guess, this is a, a release. So I have a one of my brother's friends has gotten into supporting the union. You know, wasn't the biggest soccer guy, but now he's he's into it, and he's, he has two young kids that they actually sit on the sidelines down in the, the great seats. And he's been a good luck charm man because we've been on a on a real run, and he bought me a pair. That when my my son opened them on, he gave them to me in the last game. He said, "Wear these for the playoffs," and they were Nike, so I'm I'm, I'm allowed to wear them. And uh, I'll just say I opened them up and I almost started crying because it's the uh, most expensive, nicest gifts anyone's ever got me. So there'll be some good ones coming for the playoffs for cool. sure. And, and that's uh, right. shout out to Joe Marabli for uh, for hooking me up with that. My brother's friend um, who just out of me me kind of. Maybe getting his kids an autograph or two here and there uh, took care of me in a in a big way. So uh, he recognized that I like sneakers and um, gave me an incredibly generous generous gift. And uh, yeah, they'll be unveiled on the uh, <laughs> in the playoffs for sure. Cool. Let's go. Well I, done, Joe. Well done. Nice. <laughs> uh, sticking on what you're going to be wearing for playoffs, I know. I assume there's going to be a lot of. Uh features of the 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 do union collab with lapsuit and hammer what was it like working with them and 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 creating that whole whole line yeah they're they're awesome people brian's a a great guy great sports fan i think you guys see you see him on the court side at the sixers you see him at eagles games you see him at our games phillies everywhere um so um he's just such a presence in philly um has his finger on the pulse of of what's cool in the city um, does a million collaborations with the the top top people from you know whether it's Iverson to you know all, all different people in the, in the game and different companies. So um, he he really puts a lot of effort and um, you know love into what he does. You know again I'd equate it to the, the best chefs in the world or whatever it is they 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 put a little bit extra into, and take pride in what they do and and Brian falls into that category and I thought he produced some incredible pieces that are maybe a little different than you're used to you know obviously fanatics bangs out the you know mass produces the you know the nice stuff but you know i think um this is more unique and and maybe a little bit more of a feel where you can throw on 
pair of jeans and, and wear a, a union hoodie and, and go out for the night. And that's that's maybe not the case with some of the, the mass produced stuff, you know. So um, he made some really great stuff. I'm excited by it. And uh, uh, the coach's jacket that he made me, uh, that'll definitely be on also in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to spend way too much money on that collaboration. Yeah. So it's it's going to be good. Stuff's really comfortable. It's high quality yeah. and it, it's, it's good stuff. And it lasts, you know, rather yeah. than. I'll just—I won't name companies, but sometimes you wear some of these shirts once and put them in the dryer, and they're—they're they're toast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, just a random question. Yeah. Which player, former or current, would be the best to have their own podcast? Ooh. Could be about anything. So, am I with them on this podcast, or can I be on it with them? Sure. I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You're doing pretty well. Sneakily, like I would love to. Because he's so smart about soccer, he's so smart about um, life in the world and everything. Uh, Connor Casey would be amazing, and he and, he's, and he he can have a beer too too. I, I know that. Um, so that that was the weird part. That when I was at the start of my coaching career, Connor wasn't that much younger than me, you know. And after games, we, we'd find each other, like you know, I'd have a drink with him and talk about the game. And I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this, but also this is awesome, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, he um, he'd be fun. I think just because he's so intelligent and, and uh, has has experienced a lot in not just soccer but also in life and in the game. Uh, Barnetta would be a hand. He'd be a riot. He'd be a riot. Tranquilo has a lot of good stories. Uh, Mo, I think Mo do has, has seen a lot as well, and is as is pretty charismatic. Oh man, there's some some good ones. Colin would be sheer entertainment. He can speak five languages too, and, and is uh, uh, yeah. he's a partier, so he's uh, he's a good guy uh, as well. We've had a lot of great players, man. I'm really lucky. The guys I got to work with, um, really special groups, uh, and it's it's sad when they go, but at the same time, when they when they talk about um, their years with the union now, they 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 speak so highly of it, and they they love their time, and there's no real ill will with any guys, which is. I'll just say not always the case in pro sports. <laughs> but yeah. I've got a couple names for you. I'm trying to think who else would be a character. You got any? Who's your guys? Give me some. Give me some names. I, I assume Bedoya would be a good one. He seems to be pretty cultured, dude. Who's uh, that? Bedoya. Bedoya. Oh yeah, Bedoya would be great. Obviously, yeah. yeah. I talk enough about Bedoya. I love Bedoya. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie be good for sure. I feel like I just like all the homegrowns. I don't know talking video yeah. games with them, but none of them can drink, so there'd be that. Yeah, whole. yeah, here. I'd, I'd have to drink Warren double. Craval, I guess. Warren Craval, you know, again, oh, yeah. old now, but Warren's Warren's one of the coolest guys I've I've uh, yeah. I've had the opportunity to coach. He's really cool, just humble, quiet, good person, um, family man, and just a really good dude. And he'd be a, he'd be a good podcast guy as well. Oh, there you go. All right. He's soft spoken, but he's super, super, super smart yeah. too. And he'd be a good, he'd be a good host. That'd be a good. I like good, that. Good uh, yeah. <laughs> sticking with the former players, that brings up another question I want to ask: What are there any like former players that you would like to have on your like assistant staff or in the Union Academy system? There's there's been a, plenty of guys that like like a, a couple of the Brazilian guys have have come come into the academy system. Like, how does that work? Do you like recruit them? Do you like try to gauge what their interest would be like in coaching when they start to like get to the retirement age? Like, how does how do you like go about that? Yeah, of course. Um, look, we we always talk about wanting to develop players, but we also want to develop staff, and that's our scouts, that's our sports performance department, that's our assistant coaches. Look, I I started working in the youth academy and kind of worked my way up, so mm-hmm. 
Um, certainly, I have an eye on guys um, all the time. You know, obviously, Cleverson's moved on to New York City. Um, Fred's a guy that I think is ready to, to coach at the first team level. Um, incredible player, incredible person. Also, the guy I mentioned already, Connor C- Casey, who, you know, maybe I didn't, when I was coaching him and, and talking in different conversations, he didn't talk much about becoming a coach but then i think when he did what he did in colorado and did an incredible job there um he got kind of the bug and 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 really liked it especially when he had the interim opportunity did so great with it so um, he'd be a guy that i'd love to to bring back someday and work with because he's he's so talented that was actually close um in in recent years to, to doing that but he had some opportunities um to be a head guy um also so you know look uh, you're always constantly looking at guys that you know, see the game that maybe uh, are are underdogs like myself, and I, I, I like to promote as an example. B.J. Callahan is a guy that comes to mind where, um, you know, he uh, was with me from the start at the very beginning here. You know, worked his ass off. Uh, maybe didn't have the playing career some of these other guys that I could give a job to or could work with, um, but will outwork anybody. His knowledge of the game is as high as anybody. Incredible. Uh, coach incredible detail incredible like scout uh does everything really really well at a high level and does incredible work now for the national team so there's quietly been a lot of coaches that have have moved on um from the union and and have i would say moved you know into good positions really really strong positions um so that is something we take pride in uh as well and we're always looking for that next up and comer um he might be coaching in our academy right now you know and 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 you know in, in a couple of years from now he can be working with the first team just like ryan richter made the jump uh recently and he's done an amazing job in his first season um and is a great coach too that's cool he might be on this podcast right now but hey you know i know you don't want to say it is richter oh you guys you guys, you guys. Oh, i thought you were saying richter you got richter in the closet back? Nah, nah. Oh, no. I got you guys, yeah you guys have the next great scout uh yeah, scout we look be careful what you say because we actually gave a this is a quick story four years ago actually it's probably more than that now it's probably six years ago um we had a young kid his name was terry mcfadden he my parents um knew his parents like basically friend of a friend Hey, can you get the kid an internship? He got an internship um, starting in the in the scouting department. He's lived in Peru and and found a wife and has got married. Uh, the, I think it was four years ago. So careful what you wish for because it can happen <laughs> fast. And uh, I feel I feel bad almost to, when I talk about Terry now to the parents because I'm like, is this my fault that he's not back? You know, like I feel guilty. But it's been a great um, you know career path for him and he's done a great job scouting and you know played a role in in finding uh you know Jose Martinez a few years back with along with uh, Kyle McCarthy and, and Chris Albright. So um, yeah, it can. Happen happen fast man you joke and but if you guys ever want to work and you're serious about it yeah doors open in philly that's for sure all right all right get my wife uh on board <laughs> what, um, <laughs> <laughs> what sporting event speaking of drinking um what sporting event has led to maybe your biggest either celebration or i don't want to say like sad drinking but uh What's been one of your biggest Yahoo Let's Party? Is it the Shield, U.S. Open Cup when you were with Chicago? Oh, okay. Oh, I, th- I, I thought you were going like sport, Philly sports, because I was going to say I was at the Matt Stairs game in L.A. That was the wild. That was the wildest game I was ever at in Dodger Stadium. Where um, that was incredible. That was that was great. Um, but for us, most exciting one. You personally, you personally, as a, as a young buck out there, 
Oh, as, as a young, in the playing days? I think. Anything. Anything. Oh, man. It may have been after our media fantasy camp. You just drink in heavily because <laughs> it was painful. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. So are, are we talking positive or negative? What, what are we talking? Uh, whatever led let's to the most. <laughs> uh, let's go positive. Okay, let's stay positive. Um, it's going to sound cheesy, but I, I, I was – the championship, the first championship in Chicago that I won, that, that's probably number one. But I was young and stupid and selfish and didn't understand really team or anything like that. But so that leads to when I was, I think in 2004, I, I made the, the MLS All-Star game. I got named a starter in the game and I I wore my dad's number, which was 33, which is not a soccer number. But I wore that in the game. And, and I'll just say we had after that game, which was miserable in D.C. and a lot of guys had had to play 90 minutes and it was 100 degrees. It was an awful experience. But after that game, we had a, about as fun a party as I can remember. They, they had a they had a bus of like 80 people that came out to D.C. Um, we took the bus back to my house in, in Philly and had a, a blowout there. And that was kind of a special one that I remember. Um, that's probably the most drinking post-game when I was completely dehydrated that's ever happened. And that was, uh, I'll just say, a late night. Um, some... All my friends are literally my best friends from third, second and third grade that were all in my wedding. So they were all there. There might have been a fist fight or two even because too many people drank too much and some old <laughs> stuff came out. And uh, But that was a wild night. Um, I can remember that one. Um, but, yeah, the, the championship nights, those are special. Sporter Shield, while we didn't really that, – that kind of feels weird. And that's why I'm not saying that one because we won it. There's no no. There was fans in the stadium, but not enough fans in the stadium. We weren't really allowed to rent out a bar or anything, so it was like this. It was disjointed, so it just had this crappy. I had a great time for sure, and it was the first trophy for the club, so that'll be forever. But it should have been a better night. You know what I mean? Like it was. I think I wound up at the New Wave, which is literally next to my house, with a couple other guys and doing shots. So um, it was it was fun. (laughs) Get me wrong, but um, for the for the. The, the the moment um, could have been bigger for sure. And yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to create one. Uh, we'll create one this year. That'll 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 end all these discussions. I can give you a straight, the straight number one answer. It won't be close if we get MLS Cup. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Liver is ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Other than that, other than when the Union win that championship, what other Philly championship do you want to happen most? Ooh. At this stage, I mean, the Eagles got one, so that, that's that's once in a lifetime. That's I, I love that. That was great. Um, I saw I saw the Phillies. Um, I guess it's it's the Sixers for me. Like they're they're my favorite team. If I'm if I'm picking my, you know, used to have season, you know, you want season tickets, and you used to have them in the bad days, and and that would be the one that when they're good in this town, it's it's so much fun. Um, so for them to win a, a championship, that's. Maybe the next logical one. Yeah, um, th- there needs to be a payoff from the process. So I think that would yeah, make sense. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It would feel good. It would feel good. And, yeah. and they have a great team. And I think that, yeah. you know, in the NBA, it basically comes down to staying healthy at the end of the year, a little break here and there. And they've, they've been close. So um, I, I'd, I'd like, love to see them win a, win a championship in my lifetime. All right. I think 83 was the last one, right? And I was, I was four. I was four, so. It doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, this will be our last one, and I don't even know how to word this. This is going to be maybe one of the weirdest. Um, so okay. a couple of years ago uh, for Secret Santa, I had Luke, and a little birdie sent me uh, an eBay link. And so how do you feel with the knowledge that I'm giving you that Luke currently owns a pair of your shorts? 
Okay. This is strange. This is, <laughs> jersey shorts are weird. You couldn't get them yeah. in jersey? Couldn't afford it or what? It was just I, I a little birdie sent me a link and I was like, holy smokes, Jim Curtin game worn shorts. This is the present for Luke. Uh, great. That's funny. Yeah. I'm embarrassed by that. <laughs> yes. If it helps, I haven't really worn them. I've worn them like just to try them on and, and see them, but like they're not really like a, an everyday what, wear. For, if what that helps. Were we, what uh, what what brand were we at the time? Was it Nike Puma? I think we, we had Puma. Everything Puma. Yeah. Those yeah. those are a weird fit. They're like. Yeah. Uh, little euro um uh-huh. i'll just say they're tight and weird places those uh <laughs> those puma uniforms so they were different um but yeah uh that's that's a that's a good gift it's strange than knowing that you have a pair of my shorts that i've worn um those things are lined too which is kind of gross but oh yeah <laughs> oh i wore them a lot before i gave married, so uh, yeah, it's more me than you at this point <laughs> well now that, you, now that you guys have my cell phone just shoot me a text i have plenty of old crappy jerseys lying around if you want a, a old union curtain jersey we may take you up on that i bought i bought aj uh an ernst tanner warm-up last year what did you what did you pay for a pair of my shorts six four dollars uh, actually they uh, paid they paid me and yeah. i think it was my wife was a seller no it was like it was like 30 bucks or something oh man yeah. i feel bad I'll, I'll send you the invoice okay sounds good <laughs> but that, I think that's the perfect spot to leave it on. Jim, yeah. we're just so thankful to talk to you. Uh, the media day was fantastic meeting you. Um, you've made all of us, our family, our friends, the city, everyone so happy, so proud of this team. So we just want to thank you for everything you're doing. We're proud of you and just keep doing what you're doing, man. Thanks for making this so easy, guys. It's awesome having having uh, been on now finally. Um, you guys never invited me. First of all, I was pissed for several years. And also, <laughs> I do have to I have to ask a question. Yeah. When we played our first game in Minnesota, were the two of you at that game? Yes. Yes. So I remember meeting you then, but I didn't know that it was that you were who you are. You know what I mean? Like, okay. that was how long ago was that? That was probably. Four or five years? Yeah. Four or five years? I just remember two dudes wearing a Union jersey and going over like to thank the fans, and you guys uh, were down low, right? Pretty yeah. low? At, at, the end. Uh, at the end, probably, we went down there. Yeah. Yeah, seats were higher up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I remember now, you know, I'm piecing it all together, and I had that in my brain like for <laughs> the longest time. Like, I remember them from that, but I didn't piece together that, you know, you guys were the Doopie brothers. So now I got it. I got it all now. Full circle. Right. There you, go. Wow. you were at the Minnesota game four years ago. Austin Trusty accidentally scored, right? Remember yep. Oh, yep. And I had his jersey on that day. Yeah. Oh. It was a good day for us. Yeah. He's doing yeah. well, man. Austin's doing well. He's yeah. Oh, good. yeah. Very That's cool awesome. to see. Yeah. Very cool. Well, again, thanks for having me, guys. It's been awesome being on. I'll come on anytime you guys want. And, um, and thank you for the beer, too. You didn't have to do that. That was too nice. Uh, sure do. It's part of the contract. But thanks, man. We appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Union Gold!